Welcome to the Jackson and Barry Show, the world's finest equestrian podcast, with your host, Alicia Railing. Hello and welcome to the Jackson and Barry Show, where we interview brilliant equestrians from around the world to learn more about their personal journey and what it takes to be an elite equestrian. I am so excited to bring the Jackson and Barry world an interview today with Patrick Vandershans. This guy is a true horseman and comes from a family of top show jumpers himself. Seriously, I tried to pick out a couple of top competitions that I could suggest to you guys that he's won. I looked on the FEI website and the list is longer than my arm. This guy has won everything. He has competed everywhere. He really knows his stuff. So Patrick and I recorded the interview in the tent upside the show ring at the Dutch Young Horse Championships in Ermelo last week. This interview is a must listen to as Patrick draws on his big tour experience and lifetime of equestrian knowledge to share with the Jackson and Barry world his unique and effective view on developing yourself as a rider and having top horses. So enjoy the interview. Hello and welcome to the Jackson and Barry show. Today I'm at the Isha Cup uh, here in Ermelo, the Dutch Young Horse Championships from four to seven-year-old horses. With me today is Patrick Vandershens, who has been riding a whole pile of young horses here at the show. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Hello. Can you give our audience a brief introduction to your career? Yeah, and like you said, my name is Patrick van der Schans. Um, I'm, uh, I'm doing show jumping. I have a business together with my father. Uh, for now, I'm producing a lot of young horses, trying to level them up and see how far we can get in the big sport. And are you riding all the classes today? Do you have a variety of horses? Yeah, I'm accepted uh, the four-year-old competition. I'm in the five, six, and seven. And uh, till now, my horses are qualified for each each time following the next day. So, till now, it's going well. But cross our fingers for that. Do you have any career highlights you can share with us? Um, yeah, I've been riding all my life, and okay, we started with ponies and juniors, young riders, and we went to uh, a couple of European championships and. We got some medals there, so it was a very nice experience for me to uh, get a little bit of a taste of the big sport. And uh, there it went well, and yeah, as well, I've got some good results in some three and four star competitions. And yeah, okay, but it's each time it's uh, building up new horses again. Is there a show that really stands out for you that uh, it was really an exciting time for you? Um, these are two. That's like like in this area where it's uh, it's Arnhem. It's a three. Uh, at that time, it was a four-star show. I was third in the Grand Prix, but like because all my friends and family were around, it was a special moment. And uh, jumping Amsterdam is always uh, something special because it's Amsterdam. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Can you share with us a favorite success quote that you have? Um, yeah, I can say like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and that's something what really is true in this in this sport. Like, uh, it's going with ups and downs, and uh, when you fall, you just need to get back in the saddle and work and I, again and work harder till you succeed. It very applicable to this industry. Can you share with us a challenging moment, perhaps a moment of failure that you've experienced in your journey? Um, yeah, like there's a lot of failures coming up in, in when you're doing a sport like this and you have to deal with it each, each time. And uh, it's by like uh, not winning a class or your horse is getting sold. It's good for the money, but like in a sport way, it's, it's something yeah that you don't want to have to happen. And uh, then it's just like wait until you find a new horse and for the next time you can prove yourself again. And Is there a horse in particular that you really 
was were disappointed or had mixed feelings that you'd sold? Yeah, these are actually always like uh, it's our business. And when I'm having horses at the Grand Prix level at that time, they're also like uh, the, worth the most money. And then, yeah, when they're doing well, then yeah, other people are coming and, and to, to buy them. Yeah, and that's actually that's my living. So I have to sell them. So but each time it's happening, it's like uh, with a broken heart. And how do you overcome that in your head? Like, what do you think about, or and how do you deal with with letting that horse go and getting the next one? Um, always try to have like good horses uh, behind your top horses, like that you can produce quickly a new one, and then uh, just wait for the moment you have enough money and you have your own stable, so you don't need to sell necessary. <laughs> right on, good advice. Um, do you have a strategy for keeping horses? up and coming behind your current Grand Prix horses? It's just being on the road a lot. And uh, okay, I've, I'm lucky I'm, because I'm in the business and my father already for a long time. So we know uh, people where we want to do business with. And uh, when they see a talent horse or something, they can call us and we're going to watch. And by, by that, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult to find them. Uh, and, but uh, yeah, when you're, when you're lucky, you will. Is there something that when you see a horse, you're like, that's it? Is there a particular quality that you're looking for? For me, the most important is always the character. Like if they have a big heart that, that brings you more than they have a lot of talent and they don't have a heart. Because uh, at the end of the day, it's the character who does the job for you and not all the talent. Like there's the same with people. People who work very hard, they will probably most of the time come farther in their life than just talented people who are lazy. Thank you. What is one thing that you are really excited about right now? I mean, obviously, except for like winning all the Pavo Cup classes, but... <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, uh, at this moment, I'm very lucky to have uh, a few good sponsors around me and uh, they're also willing to keep some horses for me. And uh, okay, we don't buy the superstars yet, but we're buying the superstars in the future, we hope. So it's taking some time, but uh, at least these are supporting me to give me a chance to get back in a big sport again. And, Hopefully a few of these horses will make it and that's where I'm very excited about. Is there one horse in particular you're excited about right now? Um, I always find it difficult because there are more owners and there's like uh, three horses I, I'm very happy with. These are uh, uh, Extas He's, uh, and for the moment they're also both uh, breeding stallions. And then there's uh, the mare Formatera who's also competing here. She's uh, qualified for the final which is also she's brilliant and uh, I love her a lot so hopefully I uh, one of the three will bring me back excellent what vision do you have for your future say five or ten years down the road uh, yeah you never know what's gonna happen in your life but for now I would would say uh, continue like I'm doing now and these horses will be like uh, around ten years and when I still have them all, which is like uh, my ideal now, uh, what's going to happen, then I think I'm being a lot on shows and hopefully a lot of people that know me and see me on, uh, on the TV or whatever channel they are. So uh, let's hope for that. What is the best advice you have ever been given? Um, yeah, like that you have to need patience. It's actually, it's only a word you, uh, they said to me because uh, you're young and you want to go and you want to go quick and uh, which, which is a good uh, thing. But in this sport, uh, patience is maybe a better thing because uh, you have to have give, give yourself time, but especially the horses and uh, to be a combination with it that takes not, that doesn't take a day or a week that takes years to be really good to, uh, to each other and so patience, actually.
I often hear young people trying to find ways to develop themselves in the sport because it's really expensive. Do you have any ideas or suggestions or recommendations for these young people to be able to afford and develop their skills? I've been lucky, first of all, because my father was already in sport, so um, I had like a big opportunity already because of him. But I do re realize it's difficult for when your family or is not surrounded with these horses and they don't have the feeling with it as, as you are. Uh, then, yeah, then I would suggest like uh, find some stables in your area and just give them a call. Like if it's possible that you come and uh, work for them for a little bit. If it's not uh, riding at the beginning straight away, just you no know, uh, work for them and then uh, probably they will give you a chance when you work hard enough. Thank you. That's great advice. Now for a racetrack round. So Patrick, what does the first 60 minutes of your day normally look like? Uh, first, I always start with a cup of coffee. Then I uh, do quickly uh, some emails or uh, some sh shows I want to go to and uh, ride them. Then after I fill in uh, the board with where we all have our horses, what's like the plan for the day. And then uh, I start riding. And do you have breakfast in the morning? I don't do breakfast, no. <laughs> Not even like a piece of toast? I, I don't do that, no. Only when I'm on a holiday and I'm having a nice hotel, then probably I will do it. But then it's at like around 10 or something, not earlier than that. Okay, okay. What is one quick fix that we can take to the barn today that'll make us a better rider? Um, that would be like, if, see the problem as yourself and don't blame the horse straight away. Is there a book or movie or resource that you think that every rider should watch or read? Uh, when I was young, I watched the movie. It's called Milton the Millionaire, and he's—it's uh, the rider John Whitaker, who I would admire as maybe the best rider in like the history of, for me as a, as a young boy. And he's still going strong. But like, if you see that movie, it's like, yeah, it's like how you want it to have it yourself. That's like a superstar, and you see people are like cheering and having written down like on T-shirts, "We love Milton, we love John." And in London, it, it he was in the ring, and it took five minutes before he could start because the audience didn't want to stop uh, cheering for him. So that was was an amazing thing. And the horse did brilliant stuff for him. Uh, he was the first horse who uh, won a million, uh, over a million uh, dollars in, in, in show jumping. So uh, yeah, it's a special thing and very worth to, to see it. That's the dream, eh? Have our own Milton. That's a big dream, big dream. What is one thing about riding that you wished you learned earlier? Um, I was a bit naive maybe in the beginning because at the ponies and the juniors and stuff everything went very smoothly and uh, yeah the competitions went easy for me and my horses and I didn't realize it was that tough actually and uh, I, I had to learn it the hard way uh, like I said your horses are getting sold and stuff like that but in the beginning it looks like a fairy tale uh, but then you come in the real world and yeah it's you have to be like mentally very strong to do this sport. How did you start riding? How did you get into riding? Yeah, because of my, my grandfather, he was an Olympic rider in the eventing sport. And then my father did the uh, Olympics in the jumping. So actually, I uh, walked, talked and rode. That, that, that was it, basically. So I was very early uh, on a horse. And uh, yeah, I grew up with it. Okay, our final question. Imagine you wake up one morning and you're a 17-year-old working student. You have a place to live, your food and basic needs are met, you have all the knowledge you have now, but you don't have a horse, you don't know anybody, and you only have $500. How would you start with your new life? I would start to, uh, like I said, I would, I would go on the internet, 
and just go random for stables I would be interested in and uh, be a bit like, uh, maybe it's, it sounds a bit cocky, but just call them and uh, see uh, what they can do for you or like what exactly, or what they can do for you, what you have to offer for them. That's maybe a better way to say it. Like if you want to work for them and uh, even if it's not paid well or anything, but it's for good experience and uh, then it's always worth it uh, in the beginning. Okay, everybody knows you have to have uh, money to live, but if it's this is really what you want to do, then I would start like that. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today, Patrick. Is there um, a way that our audience can reach you or follow you? Yeah, my Facebook page, it's just uh, the whole name, Patrick van der Schans. Uh, we have a website, it's called um, Stable van der Schans. Uh, you can see what shows my father and me are having uh, in the agenda and uh, stuff like that, our re results. Uh, that's it. Yeah, we'll have that stuff all posted on our website. Thank you, Patrick, so much for your time, and uh, keep the leather side up. We will. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on The Jackson and Barry Show. I hope you enjoyed the interview. If you're looking for more podcasts, The Jackson and Barry Community, or the world-famous Jackson and Barry Equestrian Charms, please visit our website at www.jacksonandberry.com. Or join our community on Facebook, also Jackson and Barry. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining us and remember, keep the leather side up.